1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RV32 Preseason Team Preview Series. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me at Randall Ran on Twitter. Today is the New York Jets preview of the 2018 hashtag RV32 Team Preview Series, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. I'll be joined in just a few moments by Daryl Slater from New Jersey Advanced Media, writing for NJ Star-Ledger and NJ.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Daryl Slater. But before we get started, I want to let all of you know that as a listener to this podcast, you can save yourself 30% on a Rotoviz NFL pass at Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The subscription will give you access to all the NFL content and tools, and best of all, it helps support the pod. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. Again, our guest today is Daryl Slater from New Jersey Advanced Media. In this episode, he talks about whether rookie Sam Darnold can win the starting quarterback job, how the Jets would ideally prefer to allocate their RB touches, and handicaps a troubled but talented Jets receiving core. After the interview, we'll take a few minutes to think about what Daryl said, and I'll take a closer look at the Jets' offense using some of the great apps at Rotoviz. And now, let's bring on the guest. We are pleased to have Daryl Slater, who is a New York Jets beat reporter at New Jersey Advanced Media, writes for the Star-Ledger at NJ.com. He's joining us on the Rotoviz team preview series to talk about the New York Jets. You can follow him on Twitter at Daryl Slater. Daryl joins us to talk about the Jets and to give us the insight here as we get ready for the 2018 season. Daryl, thanks for a few minutes. How are you doing today?
3: Great. Thank you for having me.
1: Let's start with the coaching changes. So the Jets fired offensive coordinator John Morton after one year. They promoted Jeremy Bates from quarterback's coach to the offensive coordinator position this season. It's his sixth offensive coordinator in eight years for the Jets and the third in four years under Todd Bowles. They changed offensive line coaches as well, hiring Rick Dennison from Buffalo, where he was offensive coordinator, and replaced Steve Marshall, who had served as the offensive line coach for three seasons. So what have you seen so far from the offense under the new staff that's sort of different from last year?
3: Yeah, I think there'll there'll be some carryover from what John Morton did to what Jeremy Bates is going to do in terms of the overall scheme. This is a West Coast offense, and I think that, you know, that continues to be the case. But one thing you'll see more of this year is some outside zone running plays, and that's because uh, Rick Dennison and Jeremy Bates both came up under, or worked at least, under mike shanahan in denver so that was of course a hallmark of what shanahan's offense was and uh, i would expect you to see uh, you've seen it already i mean these practices and preseason games a little bit some of the outside zone running stuff and i'd expect that to be uh carrying over into the season
1: you know it seems like the jets now have a plethora of riches at the quarterback position they they had a very solid season from josh mccown last year even at 38 years old they did resign him one year 10 million dollar contract They brought Teddy Bridgewater in in March, and then they drafted USC quarterback Sam Darnold with the third pick in the NFL draft. Darnold has been incredibly impressive so far in camp and in the first preseason game. Sort of looks like he may be headed towards that starting role in week one. But Teddy Bridgewater as well has has played very well also and is possibly being talked about in trade talks, things like that. So talk a little bit about the Jets and how they've had this sort of wealth of talent at the quarterback position. Where do you see it shaking out, and do you think Darnold starts in week one at Detroit on Monday night?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously you have a proven guy in Josh McCown who is you know, a very good backup and a, a capable enough star. He obviously doesn't have a future with the Jets at 39 years old, and the future is Sam Darnold, and the Jets are giving Sam Darnold every opportunity here in the preseason to win the week one starting job. And I think uh, as we talk now, the Jets are a day away from their second preseason game against Washington uh, on a Thursday night here. Uh, and if Sam Darnold almost certainly will start that game, and if he does perform well, uh, then he would, I would guess, be on the fast track. To starting in week one. I think that would, that would be the only logical conclusion to come out of that game with. Um, he has been impressive so far. He responded very well to a few days of uneven practices by playing uh, you know, rather nicely in the preseason opener against the Falcons, albeit against backups. So let's see how he does against Washington starters in terms of Teddy Bridgewater uh, has most importantly, his knee is holding up and he has not had any issues with that. Well, taking contact during a game and not taking contact during practice. So he certainly could be a a trade candidate if there's enough demand around the league for the Jets to get what they want in terms of a draft pick. Of course, they could always hang on to him and then figure it out by the trade deadline if there's an in-season quarterback injury that might drive the demand up and get the Jets a higher draft pick than maybe they would right now.
1: You know, that's always true, and I know Teddy Bridgewater all reports as he's a great guy, tremendous worker, he's somebody who's easy to root for, but that could be a real nice trade piece for him if a team has a quarterback go down as they get towards that deadline. The key to this season, I think, is going to be the development of the offensive line. You talked about this in your article for NJ.com in April. They rank 20th in yards per carry and 19th in rushing yards per game. They did stay relatively healthy, but they jettisoned struggling center Wesley Johnson. They brought in Spencer Long, despite not making major changes. How do you see the Jets' offensive line shaping up in 2018?
3: I mean, it's hard to sit here, sit here right now and say it definitely will be better. I mean, just because they did not make major upgrades, if you look across the board at the offensive line and the left tackle, Kelvin Beecham is not getting any younger. He's currently dealing with a foot injury. So, what will the Jets do if he can't be their Week One starting left tackle? Especially if Sam Darnold is the quarterback, that's a huge question mark. James Carpenter, the left guard, coming off a big time down year in 2017, he has been he had been steadier in the year before the the year before that. So, uh, and then at center. Wesley Johnson was a disaster last year. The Jets didn't go after a high high price center like Weston Richburg. Instead, Spencer Long comes in, coming off quadriceps surgery. Uh, so we'll see what he can bring. He's, he's had some spotty play so far in the preseason in terms of uh, some botched snaps, but um, he should be an upgrade. And in at the right guard position, Brian Winters played with a torn abdominal muscle for much of last season, so that really, really affected him uh, health wise. It's a huge upgrade for to have Brian Winters healthy. Well, that said, you know, he, he actually has missed the past few practices, but we'll see what whether that's anything significant, but um, doesn't appear to be a major deal right now. And right at the right tackle spot, you have Brandon Schell, uh, second year starting here in 2018 and remains unproven. So a lot of question marks on that offensive line.
1: You know, certainly the Jets want to run the ball. So the backfield is going to be a key focus area for their success this year. They were middle of the pack last year, a little over 1,700 rushing yards. They substituted Isaiah Crowell for veteran Matt Forte. They have Bilal Powell entering his eighth season. I can't believe, Daryl, he's in his eighth season that it's gone by so fast. And, of course, they're really high on Elijah McGuire, who was just sidelined with a broken foot. It's a backfield that's currently in flux because Crowell, who had the great touchdown catch but then has the concussion now, Talk about how you see this backfield shaping up both to the start of the season and when Maguire returns. Do you think he affects Crowell or Powell more?
3: Yeah, I think ideally the Jets would like sort of an equitable carry split between Crowell and Powell. That's sort of what they wanted to do with Matt Forte and Powell, but Forte just could not stay healthy last season. He had the chronic knee issue and he was clearly in the twilight of his career. Powell has had some injury concerns during his time in the league, and yeah, it does seem like it's flown by here. Uh, Crowell has shown the ability to uh, carry the ball 200 times a season. I don't think the Jets will ask to do that. Uh, I don't necessarily think when McGuire comes back, it'll really affect either of those guys because uh, I would guess the Jets probably start the season with a guy like Trenton Cannon, their rookie uh, six round pick a division two kid as a number three running back, maybe play him on third down or something like that. Like Eli McGuire would have. Um, and they'll, then they'll just swap Eli McGuire right into that spot. We'll see how long he's out with the fractured foot. And we'll see about Crowell with a concussion, but uh, would presume he'd be ready to go Crowell for week one. So the Jets are hoping Crowell and Powell can both stay healthy and that they can sort of have a, have a two-headed backfield there, which is something they were not able to do with the Powell-Forte combination.
1: It's a crowded receiving core as well. Uh, there's there's playmakers in the backfield, and there's playmakers out at the receiving spots. The key, of course, is third-year wide receiver Robbie Anderson. He had a breakout season in 2017, 63 catches, 943 yards, and seven touchdowns, but really had a knack for those spectacular catches and is a true deep threat. Uh, there seems to be, of course, issues going on with his arrest, so we're not sure if there's going to be a suspension or not. They do get Quincy and Nunwa back after he missed all last year with neck surgery. Jermaine Curse was solid or Darius Stewart is now suspended for two games as Chad Hansen, Terrell Pryor, who, of course, recently has had some issues being outspoken back and forth with, with Coach Bowles. What are you hearing about a suspension for Robbie Anderson, and how do you handicap this deep but sort of troubled receiving core for the Jets?
3: I would guess Robbie Anderson gets a game, maybe two, but probably just a game. I mean, he did have two very uh, troubling arrests. Um, one of which was completely dropped. It, it couldn't be proven that he shoved the police officer. So uh, that case was totally dropped. And then in the other one where he fled from police uh, uh, from a cop and supposedly said some pretty awful things to the officer, well, he just got – that was just a, a no-contest plea to, to misdemeanor reckless driving. So after all of that, uh, the, the outcome was not that serious in terms of the actual legal outcome. So we'll see. Uh, what he's going to get, I can't imagine it would be a significant suspension. Uh, obviously, he's their top receiver, a 1,000-yard uh, receiver potential for Robbie Anderson. In terms of the guys after him, it's, it is it is a crapshoot because Quincy Inouye is coming back now off a thumb injury after missing all last year with a neck injury. He's got number two receiver potential for sure. Jermaine Curtis, a solid receiver at this stage of his career, obviously not a number one, but he's uh, a guy who can give the Jeffs some production. Terrell Pryor is is a big-time wild card. Um, yeah. <laughs> in terms of what he says and uh, and his availability, uh, he actually detailed his uh, injury uh, issues with his ankle. And he said he fractured his ankle in May. And that, that sort of raised the ire of Todd Bowles because he doesn't like his players talking about injuries. But uh, yeah, Terrell Pryor, uh, if he can get healthy, he could be a big bodied red zone target for the Jets, which is certainly valuable. And some of those other guys, are also the wild cards. I mean, Chad Hansen didn't really do anything as a rookie last year and it flashed in the spring but hasn't had a very uh, loud camp. He's been very quiet. Our uh, Darius Stewart, same thing, and he's already popped for two games for uh, performance-enhancing drugs, so he's not won't, won't be around the first two weeks. So there are some wild card players there. Uh, in terms of those first four, in some order, it's going to be Anderson, Anunua, uh Curse, and Pryor, if, if all those guys can stay healthy. I think Pryor the big time. Uh, question mark
1: there let's take a look at the defense of course the Jets had to move on for Muhammad Wilkerson Uh, he's now over in Green Bay but Todd Bowles always has a strong defense and certainly this is true with the Jets coming this season he there is solid all-around personnel Jamal Adams had a great rookie year Darren Lee's one of the top linebackers in the league defense is sort of going to be a staple a foundational piece for the Jets how does defense shape up this year and do you think they can find someone to really fill that true edge rusher role
3: yeah, that's the big question: is the pass rush. Uh, Leonard Williams is a proven pass rusher. He only has twelve career sacks, but sixty-five career quarterback hits, so he can get into the backfield. But how many double teams is he, is he going to draw, and how will the Jets go about drawing double teams away from him? Will they overload with blitzes? Uh Will they be able to find a guy like Nathan Shepard, uh, who looks like he's going to be the starting defensive end opposite Leonard Williams, uh, to to draw those double teams away? So Nathan Shepard's an interesting story: a Division Two kid. Um, Jets, Jets drafted him in round three so he could be potentially the starter opposite Leonard Williams or so the Jets hope and uh, the issue of course is overall pass rush and from the edge rushing spots at outside linebacker they haven't been able to get that production. Uh, Jordan Jenkins run stopper but has not been much of a pass, uh, pass rusher so that's a problem. Uh, on the other side of it though you look at if the Jets do blitz a lot they certainly have a secondary that is capable of holding up in in man on man coverage, and that's largely because of the arrival of Tremaine Johnson, a uh, uh, shutdown lockdown number one corner, the Jets' biggest free agent signing. They threw a ton of money at him thirty seven million dollars, or forty five, or something like that million dollars is what it'll wind up being. Uh, fully guaranteed or uh, guaranteed money rather for Tremaine, Tremaine Johnson that lets Morris Claiborne slide over out of that number one spot to a number two spot so that's where he should be more comfortable Buster Screen now exclusively in the slot he should be more comfortable there and with Jamal Adams and Marcus May in too, two they should be better in coverage too so a lot of uh, a lot is going to fall on the shoulders of the secondary
1: yeah Tremaine Johnson coming over from the Rams certainly was a standout there and, and, and Bolster's a strong secondary for sure I just have one more question then we'll get you out of here Following back-to-back five and eleven seasons, Jets sort of appear ready to make a run at the playoffs. There's talk about that. There's a little bit of buzz in camp. So Vegas has set the over/under win total at six. What is your prediction of how the Jets are going to fare in, in 2018 with potentially a rookie quarterback, some new acquisitions, and, and of course the, the the backfield and the wide receiver depth?
3: It's it's so hard to figure because we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. But I, I I can see the Jets winning six or seven games with Sam Darnold. I, I don't think they're going to be a nine or ten win team with him. Uh, He'll have some hiccups along the way, even though he has looked very good so far. Um, But presuming he starts, I think I'll stick with what I predicted in in April, and that's seven and nine, which should be enough of an improvement, especially if Sam Darnold progresses, for Todd Bowles to return in 2019. Both he and uh, Mike McKagan, the general manager, had their contracts extended by two years after last season, and so they're now under contract through 2020. Uh, so obviously it's, the Jets would have to pay out a couple of years here if they get rid of Todd Bowles after this season. I think a seven-win season and some progress from Sam Darnold would be enough for Bowles to stick around. And I think seven wins is, considering the upgrades the Jets made, a reasonable enough uh, prediction uh, because, you know, look, they made upgrades, but they're not a playoff team or at least a, a lock of a playoff team right now. Um, but we'll see how the season unfolds.
1: Yeah, certainly, and they always play the Patriots tough. So, I mean, in the AFC East, if you can do that, you're going to be right in the thick of things as well. Thank you here for Daryl Slater. He's a New York Jets beat reporter at New Jersey Advanced Media. Please follow him on Twitter at Daryl Slater. does a great job writing for the Star Ledger and NJ.com, beat reporter for the New York Jets. Daryl, thanks so much for a few minutes here, and, and we'll catch up with you during the season.
3: Great. Thanks for having me.
1: That was Daryl Slater from New Jersey Advanced Media, Jets Beat reporter for the New Jersey Star Ledger, NNJ.com. When we return, we'll take a few minutes to consider what Daryl said. As you know, the NFL season is quickly approaching. Get ready for it with a subscription to a RotoViz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it helps support the pod. Again, be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotobiz.com forward slash podcast.
2: Hey sports fans, football season's here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
1: We thank Daryl Slater from New Jersey Advance Media for coming on the Road of His Team preview series for the New York Jets to give us all this great insight. And the Jets really are an interesting team this season. Two 5 and 11 seasons following a 10 and 6 campaign in 2015 have Jet fans right now sort of wondering how this team is going to do. Some are thinking it's possible for the playoffs, many others are just thinking if they could get the 500, that would be a positive. But when you have a quarterback like rookie Sam Darnold, who tonight playing against Washington should get a good majority of the snaps, I think that that is something that they're going to take as a positive and build from. Josh McCown is 39 years old. He had a very solid season last year, but certainly he is not the future. Only signed him to that one-year deal. And Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback that everybody in the NFL wants to root for. Great person all around, works hard, has come back from two horrific knee injuries. But the issue with Teddy Bridgewater is he really hasn't played meaningful football since 2015. He had back-to-back 14 touchdown seasons, 12 interceptions, then 9 interceptions, always has the rushing ability, but the injuries have really knocked him back. He got into Week 17 last year with the Vikings, but he is someone that I think the Jets are going to look to trade, like Daryl said, if they can get some value if a quarterback, starting quarterback for another team, gets hurt later in the season. But the key to Sam Darnold's whether they can keep him upright. Teams were scarred from the 2002 season for David Carr when he came in and started as a rookie and was sacked a record 76 times. So the whole question on whether the Jets should start Sam Darnold week one, and I believe they should, is whether they can protect him because you do not want to see him get hurt and you don't want to see his confidence rattled. But it looks like, especially in week one of the preseason, and while it's only the preseason, it still says something that his first outing there, he did show that ability to rally the team. He certainly seems like a leader, and at least according to Darrell, it looks like all signs are pointing to him being the starter week one, providing that he progresses. There weren't really a lot of changes, as Daryl said, on the offensive line, which was interesting because it did struggle last year. Tied for sixth most sacks allowed in the league with 47. QB hits they were in the middle of the pack with 97. 12th most rushing yards allowed again in the middle. little over 1,700. They were 19th in the league. So that's the key. Are they going to be able to protect Darnold? Are they going to be able to give him time to get through his options, to get through his progressions? He has awareness in the pocket. He's an intelligent quarterback, but you want to be able to protect him. Now, their projected starters, Kelvin Beecham at left tackle, James Carpenter at left guard. Spencer Long took over for Wesley Johnson, who was awful last year, had a terrible rating on pro football focus. So Spencer Long comes over, certainly going to be an improvement. Brian Winters, the right guard. He talked about the importance of Brian Winters, and even made mention to the fact that Brian Winters was out the last few practices. Coach Todd Bowles had said on Sunday that Winters would probably play against Washington tonight, but there was a report that came out after our interview that Winters is out for the rest of the preseason's they're taking taking it slow with his injury, that is a really big deal because they need him healthy. And certainly, if he's sitting out the entire preseason right now, he's being ruled out week two. That's something that's going to be concerning for an offensive line that certainly needs to stay healthy. Right tackle, of course, was Brandon Shell, and they used 11 combinations last year. They need to stay healthy. They didn't make a lot of moves besides Spencer Long at center. So really, the first key that goes hand-in-hand with Darnold is whether this offensive line is going to perform. And so to take a closer look at the running back touches for this year, projecting them, I went to rotoviz.com, great suite of apps we have here, go to Fantasy Football Draft Prep, and go to the 2018 Projection Machine. This allows you to use results from previous seasons for both the Jets and specific players, and then plug in rushing percentage, yards per attempt, and project them this coming season on how they're going to do. So the two main running backs I'm looking at here are are Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. Elijah McGuire will be back later in the year, but you heard him talk about Trenton Cannon. That third running back role is not going to make a huge impact this year. And as long as Crowell and Powell are healthy, I think they're going to perform well enough to keep McGuire at bay, at least for one more season. So really, those are the two main running backs we're talking about. Now, last year, Matt Forte was hurt, only received 24% of the rushing attempts last year. Bilal Powell played The majority of the touches and get 42%. They do not want Bilal Powell getting the majority of the running back touches. They paid Isaiah Crowell. They brought him in. He projects as an early down and goal line running back. You saw him in that preseason game. He can catch the ball as well. Caught a touchdown, went over the goal line, got a concussion, was hit unfortunately, and now is out in concussion protocol. But he certainly projects to be back for week one. So I'm going to project Crowell to get 47% of the rushing attempts. Not over 50, which the lead running back usually does, but in this backfield with Bilal Powell there, I'll give him 47%, I'll give Powell 28%, and I'll give Josh McCown 6%. Leaving about 19% or so, you know, on and off depending on game script, late game situations, things like that for the rest of the running backs during the season. That would give Crowell over 200 touches, which is really a key number for him because he has hit that in Cleveland pretty much the last three seasons. He had 185 attempts in 2015, 198 attempts in 2016, and 206 attempts last year. That's important because that is compared to a team that had a fantastic satellite third down back in Duke Johnson, who I think projects very similarly to Bilal Powell. He has yet to crack a thousand yards. I don't project Crowell to getting, o- to get over a thousand yards here. If he only gets those 202 attempts, I have him at 849 yards. That'd be 4.2 a carry, which is pretty consistent. Last year he was four, the year before he was five, and certainly the Jets offensive line has some issues, as we mentioned. But I will give him eight touchdowns, and I think that's where his fantasy value is, because when they get close to the goal line, you want that bruising back. Powell shows that. So I think either between between both rushing and receiving, I think he will get eight touchdowns this season. Powell, I project 4.3 yards a carry. That's fair because even with their struggles last year, he had 4.3 yards a carry. So in less of a sample, you can argue that maybe that'll go up. His efficiency will be a little bit higher in the small sample than it would be in the larger sample, but I'll go with the 4.3 yards per carry from last season, and I project him to have the same amount of touchdowns he had last year, a total of five. So let's say three rushing, two receiving. So I see him with 120 carries. I see Isaiah Crowell with 202 carries. So the key is this offensive line staying healthy. Todd Bowles is going to have a ball control offense. They're not going to be too explosive there. I mentioned that they do have the new offensive coordinator, Jeremy Bates, who was promoted from quarterback's coach. They fired John Morton, but Todd Bowles is not going to allow the offense to be a running gun offense. It's going to be close to the vest, and if you're going to do that, you need a bruising back. So I see Isaiah Crowell really getting the lead here, and Bilal Powell getting a lot of the passing down work, maybe your PPR target. That's who you're looking for. If Elijah Maguire was healthy from the beginning of the season, I think he could possibly cut into... Definitely Crowell and maybe Powell, but since they're going to be set as he's going through and he's getting healthier, at least until October, I'm not sure that when he comes back he will be as huge a part of this running game as he would have been had he not gotten injured and had the fractured foot. And the last thing I want to focus on that Daryl told us was when we talked about Robbie Anderson. He projects Robbie Anderson to only miss one game, so he thinks that there'll only be one game suspension, potentially two maybe, I guess, for Anderson for the -the off-the-field incidents, But that's a big deal because he splashed last year in a big way. Anderson played in 16 games. He was top 25. He had 63 receptions. He was top 20 in receiving yards with 941. And he had seven total touchdowns, which was top 15 among the wide receiver position. And he had a knack for making circus catches, acrobatic down-the-field catches. I went into Rotoviz again, this time I used the Teams Splits app, so you can take a particular team, and then you can examine the team offensive production based on how one player performs. And I took a look at when Robbie Anderson had at least 50 receiving yards, certainly a very modest total there for what is a number one receiver. When he had 50 receiving yards, the offense was light years better. Their passing yardage jumped from 180 passing yards per game to 287, almost 288 passing yards per game. So just by Robbie Anderson reaching the 50 Receiving yard total. He was opening up the offense. He was getting downfield. He was making big plays, and that was with Josh McCown, a quarterback. Certainly with Darnold, if he has that same connection with Robbie Anderson, that's going to open up all phases of the offense, especially with a healthy Crowell, because they didn't have a healthy Forte either. But Anderson's ability in this offense to make those big plays is dramatic. They even averaged, if you look at plays per game on the Team Splits app on Rotobiz, sixty-seven point nine. Plays per game when Anderson had at least 50 receiving yards, only 54.8 when he did not. He made a massive impact on this receiving core. The rest of it is sort of helter-skelter. Terrell Pryor is now talking about injuries when he, when Coach Bowles doesn't want him to. Or Darius Stewart is suspended for two games. Chad Hansen's just getting into the mix. Quincy and Inunua is really the key. And if you go back to his 2016 season, which was the last time Anunwa played because of the injury, he had 58 receptions, 857 yards, and four touchdowns, and also showed big play ability as well. He's six foot two, 225 pounds. Only in his fourth season out of Nebraska, back in 2016, Anunwa had the same sort of effect that Robbie Anderson did, except even more so in the win column. They averaged 251.9 passing yards per game when Anunwa got at least 50 receiving yards and only 195 when he did not. So about, you know, 60 yards more per game. But the real key is they won when Inunua played. They won five of the nine games where he got at least 50 receiving yards and only two games when he did not reach that number. So that was a real critical key. He was a barometer. The Jets need to be able to pass the ball efficiently. They're going to run the ball. They're committed to that. But when they get a big playmaker like Robbie Anderson or Quincy Inunua or both going, that's going to change the dynamic of of the offense and they can really work the short to underneath underneath routes. So that wide receiver play is important. Assuming Robbie Anderson doesn't have a big suspension, maybe a game or two, and Quincy Annun was healthy, this is definitely a Jet team that can make some noise and challenge for the playoffs. Because like I mentioned, they do play the the Patriots very, very close, you know, because that's going to be the barometer. How well they play against the Patriots, whether you're an AFC team or more specifically the AFC East, is really going to make or break your season. If you can do that, you definitely have an outside shot at the playoffs and And that seems like the Jets are going to be right in the mix, assuming they stay healthy on that offensive line right up until the end of the year. And that's going to do it for the Jets episode of the 2018 Hashtag RV32 rotobizradio Radio Team Preview Series. Again, our guest today was Daryl Slater from New Jersey Advanced Media, writing for the Jersey Star-Ledger and NewJersey.com. Please be sure to follow him on Twitter at Daryl Slater. My name is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rand. Please make sure to stay tuned over the next month. We're going to continue to go around the NFL and preview each and every NFL team. We have a few more left. We're making great progress here getting through all the teams in the NFL. And of course, please follow the pod on on Twitter at Rhodoviz Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the twenty eighteen Rotoviz Radio Team Preview Series. Our assistant executive producer is Colin Kelly, and our executive producer is Matthew Friedman. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.
2: Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie.